jailer who was watching over them woke up and wondered how come they were still there. And he was about to kill himself, but Paul said, don't harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all the others in his house. And that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy. Because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Our Father, as we gather together this morning for this special day, we do so rejoicing that we believe in you. Rejoicing in the gift of your grace. Rejoicing that we have the opportunity to follow you and be obedient to you, beginning with believers' baptism. We thank you this morning for Alicia as she comes forward to, to be baptized, and we pray, our Father, your blessings upon her as she continues her journey of following you. Now, Lord, as we worship you together, through all that we do here this day, may Jesus Christ be lifted up and glorified. And may we leave here with a renewed commitment to be a follower of the Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Too hot. Hello. It's on the SD card up there. It's the only song. 
thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I Many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say a word or a good, good father. Who I am, it's who I am, you're a good 
Father and our Lord Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for this new soul entering into your kingdom. We just praise you for that, Father. And we ask you to help this church to be the mentors that we need to be, that she might grow in that faith and be strong in, in the service that she will serve to you. And we just thank you for that as well, Father. We thank you for being with those on our sick list this morning, Father, who are in need of your healing power. You are the mighty physician and we just ask you to take control we thank you too father for the opportunity to uh, learn more about you today as pastor willie brings the message may you put a message on his heart that will touch our hearts that we might hear and we might see where you want us to be this week we thank you for all these things father in jesus holy and precious name amen all right um I'd like to welcome any visitors that happen to be here today. I know we have, any time we have a baptism, there's usually some grandparents and uh, fathers and mothers and everybody else that shows up, and we're just glad to have everybody here. Um, we thank Alicia for her willingness to step forward and be part of God's kingdom. We ask her to let us help her to grow in that faith, and we just thank you, thank her for that. Um, the Brotherhood stew sale has gone very well. We still have seven quarts that we'd like to sell. Um, but thanks to the efforts of the Brotherhood members and um, different people around the country, uh, around this country, and we have sold 330 quarts. Uh, we were supposed to only have 300, so we have done exceptionally well, and I thank you for that. I thank you, too, that uh, we are just about done with our fundraiser. As soon as these seven quarts are sold, we'll, we'll have that done. And the reason that this fundraiser was done when it was, was still in God's timing because we came up with a ramp that we got to build that's going to cost us $900. So um, the Lord knows what we need and when we need it, and he makes provision for it, and I thank him for that. Uh, there's a NCBM mission rally. That's North Carolina Baptist Men Mission Rally. It's for the men, women, and youth uh, for Region 1. Region 1 is West Chowan, Chowan Associations. Both associations, they'll be meeting at Meharan Church, and that's on the 13th. And I'd like for anyone who wants to participate to let me know. Uh, we need to pre-register so that they know how much food to get. So if you would, let me know if you're planning on attending, and I'll make sure that everybody gets registered. Um, the tax receipts, there's, there's still a few left. There, there were in a box right up here. I'm not sure where it went to. Um, but there were right here on the front pew. So we'll find them, but there's a few tax receipts left. What don't get picked up today will be mailed out tomorrow. Is there any other announcements that need to be made? If not...
Okay, thank you, Janine. Uh, if we would have the uh, children come forward for the puppet message. I know the puppet messages uh, inspire all of us, not just the children.
Okay, folks, it's your turn. You get to stand up and sing. Okay, he's got the whole world in his hands. 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 He's got the wind and the rain in his hands.
may be seated. I get the privilege of introducing Brother Willie. Uh, he doesn't need any introduction in this church. He's been here is longer than I have, so uh, everybody here knows him. But I would like to make one other announcement that I failed to do earlier. The reason it's so cool in the sanctuary this morning is the boiler will not light off. Uh, so there's got to be some repairs made to the heat. Uh, but please bear with us. Uh, try to stay warm, bundle up, move closer to your neighbor, whatever you need to do. Uh, Brother Willie's going to bring us a fine message, and I thank you for that. Shake it, say, do you 
different from y'all, I think. I hadn't heard, heard y'all do that before, but I really enjoyed that. Chain breaker. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 3. As we talk about the baptism of Jesus today. Beginning at verse 13. Now when they had gone... Whoops. Let me get in the right chapter here. That was chapter 2. Let's go over to chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Our Father, we thank you again this morning for your word. We thank you, Father, for its preservation. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, who not only guided the men who wrote the words, but who was available to us today to help us in our understanding and application of them. Now, Father, again... Bless this particular time. Use the words and the meditations of our hearts to glorify you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, children uh, can give us some, some good wisdom at times. For instance, Patrick, who was 10 years old, says, never trust a dog to watch your food. (laughs) And Michael, who was age 14, had learned a lot about women. He said, never tell your mom that her diet is not working. (laughs) Hannah, age 9, said, when your dad is masked, is mad and ask you, do I look stupid? Don't answer. <laughs> Talia, age 11, says, don't let your mom brush your hair when she is mad at dad. <laughs> Andrew, who was age 9, said, a puppy always has bad breath, even after eating a Tic Tac. And Kyoyo, who was age 11, said, never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. <laughs> Lauren says, and she's nine, says, permanent markers are not good to use as lipstick. <laughs> and then this morning, Eileen, maybe one of my favorites considering what we've done today, and been a part of, says, never try to baptize a cat. <laughs> now, I can just picture that one. 
This morning we've had the privilege, once again, of baptizing a young lady into the faith. And I was trying to decide and, and come up with what, what, what would be something appropriate. And I thought it might be good to go back and look at the baptism of Jesus. Uh, and maybe gain some insight into not only the reasons for his being baptized, but also how it can be applied to our lives and our own baptisms. When Jesus came to John the Baptist, Jesus said, or John said, we're doing this all wrong, Lord. He says, you don't need me to baptize you in water. I need you to baptize me in fire. And Jesus said, do this now, because it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So the question comes out of this baptism of Jesus is, why was Jesus baptized? What was so significant about that event that it was essential for him to do it and to be baptized of John? Well, I think first of all is that in being baptized, Jesus was identifying with you and me as human beings. People were coming to John to, to repent of their sins because of their weakness in the flesh and their sinfulness. And, and Jesus, who we know knew no sin, was to be baptized or was being baptized so that he might relate to us. That he might identify himself with us. Remember, Jesus was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And so by going into the baptismal waters, he's telling John, says, do this now that the scriptures might be fulfilled, that righteousness might be made known. Because Jesus was fully man, he feels what you and I feel. We can touch him with, with whatever that it is that's bothering us, that's, that's troubling us, that's ailing us, whether it's something physical or something emotional or something spiritual. Jesus identifies with us. He knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going through. He feels, he knows sorrow and rejection and, and loneliness and, and pain and suffering. He understands our nature. He understands our temptations. When we fall flat on our faces in our service to Him and, and we, we realize, Lord, I've sinned against you. Jesus understands that because He was tempted as we were. If you go on and read on in, in chapter 4, we see immediately after Jesus was baptized, He faced temptations. Years ago, a young man came into my office and he said, Preacher said, I'm really struggling with some things. I'm sure that what I'm going to tell you will shock you because you probably don't struggle with anything like I do. I told him he didn't know what pastors were about. Because pastors are men, just like anyone else. We struggle with the same 
temptations, the same concerns for family and health and jobs and, and security that everybody else does. We're confronted with the same temptations. And to me, what's always made a good pastor is someone who is able to relate to, to what I'm going through. Someone who's able to relate and understand what I'm experiencing. So Jesus identifies with us. We can trust him. A second reason I think Jesus went through this uh, and it was significant was, was that he offered himself completely to God. You see, baptism, it's, it's an act of surrendering our lives to God. For Jesus to be the example for, for all of us to follow, it was necessary for him to be baptized. You see, he was offering his life to the will of God. I mean, just a few years later, he would in fact give his life in service to God. To many, to some, this is all purely symbolic. But I believe that baptism is a step of faith that signifies a dying to oneself in the burial and the going under the water and uh, coming back to life again as you come back out of the water, symbolic of of the resurrection of Christ. God recognizes this fact from heaven by declaring that that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. God was pleased with the fact that Jesus went through this, this, this baptism. And as we get saved and we confess Christ, the natural step is profession and obedience to the will of God. will of God becomes our lives and Jesus becomes our profession of faith. Stepping out in faith. Years ago when God called me into the ministry, I didn't know where that call would take me. I didn't know what that call would require. But answering the call just like you're answering the call of God in your lives, requires a step of faith. The climax of the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. If you remember that movie, Indiana has to pass three supreme tests to reach the Holy Grail. And when he reached the Holy Grail, he was going to be able to find something that was going to cure his dad who was dying. And the first step that Indiana Jones had to pass through was the the breath of God test. And and as he walks down a corner, he must bow down at precisely the right time to keep from having his head cut off by a large revolving set of blades. The second test is the word of God test. And this Jones had to walk on just the right stones. Stones that spelled out the name of God in Latin. To keep from falling through the floor to his death. 
And then the third test he had to go through was called the, the path of God. And it was the most difficult test. And, and if you can remember that scene, Indiana Jones comes to, to the edge of a, a large chasm. And, and it was about a hundred feet across and a thousand feet down. And on the other side of the chasm is the doorway to the Holy Grail. And the instructions tell him that, that only in the leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. And as Indiana Jones, he's standing there at the edge of that cliff, that chasm, trying to figure out how to get across, he says to himself, it's impossible. Nobody can jump this. And then it dawns on him. This test requires a leap of faith. His father says to him, son, you must believe, boy. You must believe. And there he was standing there at that chasm at the edge, and and every move and fiber of his being screams that he must not do it. But he walks to the edge, and, and he lifts up his foot, and then he steps out into thin air, hoping that somehow he wouldn't end up like Wile E. Coyote at the bottom of the chasm. And if you remember the scene, as he steps out, he does not fall to his death. But he is rather held up by some invisible force. He only needed to take that one step of faith to walk across that chasm. And so it is with God. When he calls and places a call on our lives, all he wants us to do is to take one step of faith. And he'll do the rest. He'll hold us up and he'll see us through. That's what it means to offer ourselves completely to God. To be willing to take That one step of faith. I think there was a third thing that that was significant about Jesus' baptism. That is that it gave a messianic preview. Everyone else that was being placed in the water were only doing it as an act of repentance. But Jesus didn't do that. He was was given a, a dramatization of what he would do in reality. What he would do in reality three years later. When he was buried and raised to life. I don't think that there were many who were standing there that day and and watching the scene unfold realized the full impact of what Jesus was doing. But it was quite clear that the water baptism of Jesus was the announcement to the world that Messiah has come. And he will not only defeat sin and sickness, but he will defeat death. Hell in the grave. His ministry was introduced to the world there. He was no longer going to be a carpenter, but he was now going to build his kingdom, a kingdom that would never end. An exciting day, the baptism of Jesus, announcement, announcing that his ministry was beginning.
So it is with us when we're baptized. It's an announcement to the world that we're beginning our journey, our faith journey with Christ. We're beginning the ministry that he has called us to. That we've been united with Christ spiritually. And his death becomes our death. And his resurrection to life becomes our life. Paul says in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen that it's the Holy Spirit that accomplishes this. By one spirit we were all baptized into one body, the body of Christ. When we become a Christian, when we become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in us. And we become a part of the body of Christ. This happens through faith. Ephesians says that we are saved by grace through faith. So when Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, I I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Baptism, a symbol of our being dead to sin and buried. Baptism. It portrays what happened to us when we became a Christian. We were united to Christ through the Holy Spirit and his death became our death and we died with him. And in the same instant, his life became our life. And we're now walking in the newness of that life with Jesus living within us. And this is all because of God's grace, which we experience through faith. So as believers in Christ, as Christians, we should be living our lives in the reality of what our baptism represents and symbolizes. A newness of life. And because of that we should be reckoning ourselves to be dead to sin. And alive to God through Christ Jesus. We should present ourselves to God. As being alive from the dead. For we're no longer under the law. But under grace. God's grace. And because of what baptism signifies to us, Jesus said, greater works shall you do because I ascend to the Father. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in us, when God's Spirit resides in us, and we become obedient to him and we take our leaps of faith, His love grows. His work of redemption expands through us. You see, God is not done with us when we're baptized. He continues to call us each and every day to take a leap of faith, to be used by Him for His kingdom. I think it's amazing. That God would take sinners like me and use us 
for his redemptive purposes. And that's what he's called us to do, to simply give our lives over to him, to die to ourselves, to be born anew, resurrected in the power of Christ. May we live out our lives in such a fashion. Father, we just want to thank you again this morning for our salvation. We know, Lord, that it's not of ourselves. We know, our Father, that it's because of you. It's your grace. Father, we're called to take a leap of faith. Not just when we step out and and come to Christ and pray the sinner's prayer. Not just when we're baptized. But every day that we live A step of faith is required to live that day in your power and strength. Father, I pray that if there's one here this morning who who has not professed faith in Christ, who needs to, to come to that point of acknowledging, of taking that step of faith to acknowledge that Jesus is your son and that he died for our sins on the cross. Father, if there's one here who needs to profess that, I pray that that this might be the day and the hour. Father, for those of us as believers, may we not only recall our own baptisms and the commitment we made to Jesus then, but may we be strengthened each day as we, we seek to take that leap of faith. May we commit ourselves to that this morning, to serving you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 321, The Savior is Waiting. If God is leading you to make a decision this morning, we'd like to invite you to, to come forward at this time. Again, the, the, the altar is open down front if you want to come and kneel in prayer. I'll be more than happy to pray with you. If God is leading you to make a decision for Christ. Would you do so? as we stand and sing.
Brother James Hester, would you dismiss us in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you.